following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Football's over. I have to wait six or seven months. What am I going to do? Pay attention to baseball and March Madness will help. Golf starting up. Uh, This is always a shit time for a football crazed meathead like myself. See, when I was making the the rundown for the Mm -hmm. show... I was like, God, it's kind of nice, actually. Like, it, as a sports fan, you can kind of, like, take your breath, catch your breath right now. Sure. You know, I mean, really, all the, the only thing going on, you're kind of in the the uh, dog days of basketball. Right. You know, and you got the uh, the tournament coming up in a couple weeks. The NBA playoffs will be coming up after that. Baseball starting. Golf, as you said. So you got a couple weeks to kind of, you know, if you got some other stuff to do, get it done. You know, because the Brewers are going to start a 162-game season, and if you're like me, you just end up watching at least part of it oh, of course. every night. Yes. It's on. It's on. It's always on. So, you know, may yeah. not, it may not be a nine-inning sit-down, but no, it's, it's, a no, couple, no. it's a couple innings here and yep. there. April 1st, opening day for the crew. They start, what, I think a week from tomorrow, I believe. Sounds right. Yeah. Something like that. So... All right, you've got the intentional follow. This is the post-Super Bowl RIP NFL edition. We'll uh, put some closing wraps on some NFL stuff, um, go through some NBA college hoops as usual. There's some bracketology stuff uh, that we can talk about, and then uh, some Brewers and baseball stuff, and then we'll uh, get some Janesville Craig hoops classics to talk about on uh, YouTube. So that all coming up on the show today. Thank you for uh, downloading, listening, subscribing. Uh, We appreciate you. Find us wherever podcasts are found. Super Bowl mm, didn't really get into it that much. Watched it, had it on, saw the commercials, sat through the weekend halftime, which I didn't really understand and almost gave me a brain tumor. Um, But yeah, I, it's say what you want, whether you like him or not. It's just unbelievable that Tom Brady can go from decades of dominance in one division and one conference, go to one other team, and then all of a sudden take him to the Super Bowl and win, just like that. I, I, I don't know what else you want from a guy like that. No, it's it's quite impressive. I mean, unfortunately the game didn't really live up to the hype. You know, it was kind of shaping up to be this battle of, you know, the old the old guard versus the new, but um unfortunately the new really didn't have much of a chance. Well, Tampa Bay's front seven took care of a lot of that. Yeah, and and the the offensive line injuries that the Chiefs had and they had to move guys around yep. and um, can't face that defense with a patchwork. No, and and, and the play calling didn't help. No, you know they didn't adjust to that and and try to play a little bit of a shorter passing game or run the ball more. They were still trying to do their normal offense and throw deep. I mean, Mahomes, Mahomes made some of the craziest 
throws in that <laughs> yeah. game that were like dead on, and guys were just not making the plays. They were just dropping them. Kelsey dropped one. Yep. Hardman dropped one. I think Tyreek Hill had the one on the goal line that hit him in the helmet. I mean, it's like, you know, for all the things that went wrong, if if you catch two of those, right. five that you drop, especially the Kelsey one, that's the one that, you know, I think the score was, I think it was 7-3, to three and they were driving, and they had a third down, and, and he had a wide-open first down, and he just dropped it. And they had to punt, and then Tampa Bay scores again to go up 14-3. to three. And at that point, it was like, man... You go down and score, and it's ten to seven. That's a different ball game, for sure. You know, but you get behind like that, and it's it's one of those things in the Super Bowl, and we haven't seen it that much in recent years. But we saw it a lot as kids, where one team would jump out early, and the other team would just shit their pants, and it would end up being a blowout. I mean, I think back to the the Bears blowing out New England, uh, the Giants blowing out Denver. Washington blowing out Denver, the Niners blowing out Denver, oh, yeah. the Buffalo blowouts. Like, it just seems like in the Super Bowl, for whatever reason, if you get behind like two touchdowns early, you completely throw your game plan out the window, and it's like we got to get everything back right now. It's just weird to me considering they were just there and just won, where it's like you should be prepared for the big stage, and even if you come out and get hit in the mouth, it's like, We've been here before. We can do this. Look at our record. We handle adversity. We're fine. Well, and maybe, time, but it that doesn't that didn't happen. Well, and maybe that was in fact what did happen, and that was with the stubbornness with the play calling. Right. I, I, you know. Right. This will work. Maybe this will work. Look, we we are who we are. We're that good. We're going to be fine. But at what point do you pull the plug? Like and be like, well, maybe this. Like at least by halftime, I would think maybe make some adjustments. And Mahomes, it was hurt. He's got to have some pretty serious toe surgery. He's having surgery today in Green Bay. But you know what? He played. So I don't really care that he was hurt. He played. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Brady, you know, Brady obviously is going to get the lion's share of the credit, and he deserves a lot of it. But that team is stacked. I mean, you look at their defense. They are loaded. They were really good defensively last year. And then, man, I mean, Evans and Godwin – who were like all pro level wide receivers? They didn't do anything. They had like three catches between them. I was really surprised that Gronk, after a very so-so season, non-factor in a lot of the different games. But when it's crunch time, it was brilliant, man. There he is. It was brilliant the way they handled him this year. Yep. I heard he played. He played sixteen games for the first time since like his second year in the league. Really? Yeah. So I mean, well, he he must have got on the TB12 diet and. <laughs> Took whatever it is that touchdown right. Tommy's taken and, and got, went down to Florida, and it just changed, man. Well, maybe when you don't have to play in the cold anymore, that it, that stuff helps. It is a little bit of a it 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 has to have been rough to be a Patriot right now, watching this Watch. happen. And, oh, and and what has kind of come out afterwards of. Yeah, it's not very much fun to play for the Patriots. Like, the Belichick way, it works, but it sucks. Like, is all the success worth being miserable while you're doing it? Did you see the parade today? No, but I I saw, I think I saw Brady Brady was hammered. Brady threw threw the trophy from boat to boat, boat, number one. Yes. And then he was so bombed that he had, like, a buddy helping him walk. Right, keep him upright. Yeah. Uh, Once they got on shore, I mean... 
That would have never happened in New England. No way. Not a chance. Got to keep it classy. No messing around. You know, don't embarrass the franchise, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, yet, Bob Kraft can be an absolute buffoon <laughs> in his personal life. But right. heaven forbid his players enjoy a championship. Today was probably the one day in my life I actually like Tom Brady as a dude. Right. Where it's like, he just, he's like, right. just, he don't give a shit. Well, and it's, it's like any of us that do dumb stuff. Yeah. He's just enjoying himself. Yeah. I can relate. For sure. To that. Yeah. Yes. Nobody got hurt. No, no. Nothing was bad. No. Just having fun. Yeah. You're 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 on a boat. You're away from everybody. <laughs> Bruce Arians is dropping f bombs in yeah. his speech. I mean, that's awesome. It was great. I love it. So yes, <laughs> I, I think you're. I think you're right. And I, I we saw some stuff on social media that greatest all of all time of the greatest of all time. Well, and you can't really. It's you know who hates Tampa. As a sports fan, like you're like, oh, I fucking hate Tampa. I don't. I no. hate Tampa teams. It's like, no, you don't. You don't even think about them. No, no, you don't. They're an afterthought. Yeah. So it's like you're not mad that Tampa won. Like whatever, good for them. Right. The few fans that they have, they're enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good for them. Exactly. That's fine. Um. The uh, the NFL awards for uh, individual stuff happened the day before. Same with the Hall of Fame uh, stuff. But um. Aaron Rodgers really did the surprise of nobody. It was dominant. What did I see? 44 out of 48 first play or, you know, votes or something like that for MVP. Um, and then in his speech, he, everybody, Twitter absolutely, Wisconsin Twitter absolutely exploded with the, you know, my fiance got engaged. And everybody was like, wait, what? How'd you drop that one? Because I think only like two days before the report came out that he and Shailene Woodley were dating. And now you're engaged? How long has that been going on? It's very I, weird. Not that I care. I mean, I no. was I was peppered about it um, on our our uh, on WJVL by our female co-host who is really into this stuff, of course. And I like I like this. You're not interested? I'm like, no, dude can date and do whatever he wants in his personal life. That so long as he's slinging touchdowns and not throwing interceptions, I, I don't care. No. As long as it's good, if he's out there, you know, being a scandalous asshole, well, then that's different. But no, good for him. Great. Let's move on. That I, I, whatever. But it just it backs up the whole private life. Keep my personal stuff out of the spotlight. But then you can't do that. And then all of a sudden, on national television, on your acceptance speech. By the way. I'm engaged. Well, and like, like that, how do you expect us to react? Like, you can't just date a normal person. Like, you always have to keep dating celebrities. I mean, huh? Olivia Munn, Danica Patrick, that's all that stuff. Now this chick, some of that works that I mean, way. I guess. Well, but with the privacy thing, it's well, like right. you know, I mean, you can't yes. really tell me that and then date a, a. I guess I mean I w- I would call her probably a B list. Oh, C list yes. actress. Yeah, I'd say in between, definitely. You know? C plus, B minus. Yes. I mean, one one of my buddies said the other day, like, I can't believe Rogers is with her. He can do better. And I was like, Can he? Like, is there a lot of people in Hollywood clamoring to date a old quarterback who lives half the year in Green Bay? I mean, and I don't know. And is, doesn't want to talk about his mom, dad, or his brother. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, there's some baggage there. But Why the would we want day, to j- yeah, jump in? At the end of the day, I'm with you. I I could care less. No, I don't care. I don't. I mean, years Good ago, years ago, there was the rumor that he was gay. Right. Who cares? Okay. So? He's still good at football. Right. Is he going <laughs> to win another MVP or take the team to the Super Bowl? Let's I talk mean, about that. Well, I, is, if the center doesn't care, I don't care. That's nice. Yes. But, y- yes, you're right. You're, you're, wait, you're going to put your hands where? What? 
Where's that pinky going? Yeah. Where's that pinky wait, going? Wait, whoa, wait, what? Didn't know we were going on a silent count. What? <laughs> um, Aaron Donald, Defensive Player of the Year, when it should have gone to uh, T.J. Watt, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. I thought, I, the, mean, I, I thought the reaction of the Watt brothers was quite funny. I didn't even quite see funny. any of it. I just saw a lot of people say that that's uh, a very bad decision. But. I, I don't know. I don't know enough no, or and, care enough enough about it to really know. Neither do I. I mean, it's just like, it's one of those things like, it's like last year with the MVP in the NBA. If you would have given it to LeBron, like you can't really argue with right. it. And I mean, Aaron Donald's the best, he's the best defensive player. So like giving him the defensive player of the year, well, he is the best player. Right. I mean, could you quibble? Did Watt have a better year or not? I'm sure you could find a reason to say that he did. I don't, like I said, I don't know. I don't follow that. Has enough. the offensive player of the year kind of been diminished because it seems like the consolation prize to the MVP? I look at it as the non-quarterback award, really, okay. because the quarterback, the MVP, has really become the qu- quarterback award. It's like the Heisman. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible. You have to have well, you a, had one this year, but you have to have a ridiculous outlier season right. to win that award, and, and nobody else being and nobody nobody else at the quarterback right. position having that kind of year. Yes. So I, I yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry probably got the first place votes that Rodgers didn't get. I would he had over so. two thousand yards. I mean, there's only been like eight dudes to right. do that, so I like it. it. You know, in those situations, Derrick Henry deserves something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not his fault he's not a quarterback. No, but I just I just looked at it. and I'm like, I I and and they they're never one in unison. So like, is there some rule that even if the MVP is in is an offensive player that they can't win offensive right. player of the year? Right. I mean, I just don't get like, oh well, you were close to MVP, so we'll give you this. I mean, I just wish that the MVP award had a little more flexibility to it and sure. the people that vote on it would say we look at everybody but it's like no, you not, don't. you're never giving it to a left tackle right you know like if a left tackle had a, just a year where nobody touched the quarterback all year you're not giving him the mvp no. even though he might be the most important guy on right. the best team or whatever for the but, best quarterback right letting him do his thing but he's not getting it you're no. going to give it to the quarterback right who threw 45 touchdowns herbert was offensive player of the year um Chase, for rookies, Chase yeah. Chase Young for for rookies for the defense. I mean, you, I don't have any real issue with those. No, I don't care. No, pretty. Uh, I think those are spot on. Yeah, I think Chase Young is going to be a stud, and I think Herbert's got all the tools to be one. There is going to be a lot of turnaround at the quarterback position. I mean, you have listed I off. I just pulled up the standings. So I was like, ah, what teams are going to be in the in the quarterback carousel? And I ended up with one, two, Looks three, like four, twelve, five, five, five. maybe even more. 17, so over half the league oh is probably... Which could have... Which, which could have a different quarterback. Or will. Or will. Yes. Yeah. So you've got the Dolphins. They don't know what they're going to do. Tua thinks he's the man. I mean, good for him. I think Glad he probably got... is for one more year at least. I would agree with that. But you never know. I mean, if somehow they could get Watson, you never know. <laughs> um, you got the Patriots. They're going to need somebody. Yep. Um. The Jets, they're they're talking about getting rid of their guy. Uh, Steelers is big. Big Ben says he wants to come back and he's willing to restructure his contract to help with cap space. Interesting. Okay. Um, Indy, I mean, it sounds like Rivers is he's done. Probably done. Yeah, yeah. yeah didn't you yeah, retire? He's done. Yeah. Um, and the Texans, I, what? That's a mess. I don't think Watson's going to get traded. I just don't think it makes sense for them to trade him. But 
I don't know. Maybe there's a maybe this is a new day in football, and he's got enough leverage to force his way out. Um, you've got uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't even know what's happening with that team. I mean, they're not they're not good. Um, you've got the Broncos. You got Washington. I don't think it's going to be. I mean, they want somebody other than Alex Smith. Well, they um, just signed Taylor Heineke, right? To a to a, a backup deal. It's like a two year two year eight million dollar deal. But he's you know he's insurance, right? If they don't find somebody, but you know that's that's one of those things where it's like they miss out on the musical chairs, and all of a sudden they're signing Trubisky to a one year twenty million dollar deal. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dallas say they say that um, what's his diddle is coming back Dak. A- ahead of schedule for the for the ankle recovery, but this will be they're going to give him a franchise prove it year yeah. before we sign you to a mega deal. Um, yeah, Philadelphia. <laughs> there's, there's rumors about Nick Foles coming back, which is hilarious. But I mean, they're they seem to be content with Jalen Hurts for at least a, another year. You got the Bears. Vikings, uh, they they say that they're. I mean, they're not going to move away from Cousins for at least the next year. But I mean, the dude's got so much guaranteed money wrapped up in that contract that it makes it hard to move away from him. Right. Um, Saints, Panthers, Falcons, Forty ers I mean, over half the league. Yeah, and some good teams too. Right. Some good teams. I but... mean, you got some teams in there that made the postseason, and now they're going to have a new guy under center. I, I'm, you know, I'm. I like watching the offseason, but this seems, just by this list, this seems like a really big offseason to watch what happens. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in the draft, free agency, what have you, all before training camp opens up. I don't know. Well, the the Bears this week have been linked to Wentz. I guess it kind of started at the end of last week, mm-hmm. or into the weekend. Um, you know, one of the rumors was Foles, Tariq Cohen, and a first-round pick. Yep. I I saw that and thought, what are you waiting for? Do it, Bears. I mean, Cohen's coming off an injury. Yep, and and, you're, and you just signed him and are paying him right. more than he's worth. Yep. Uh, but now I'm hearing and reading that teams are laughing at what Philadelphia is asking for because they're asking for the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, which, in a way, I don't necessarily blame them because they don't have to trade him. Oh, they don't. I mean, there's nothing that says that Jalen Hurts has to be their quarterback next year. They could have an open competition if right. they wanted to, and then maybe trade him in the in the off season later on or in the preseason. But yeah, no, I saw that they were they were wanting a deal similar to what the the haul that the Lions got. Right, and you're not going to get that. I don't I, think. I, I just don't. Think so. I don't see anybody out there willing to do that. No. But you know, as far as the Bears go, I, I would love to see Wentz on the Bears, um, but not at all costs. You know, I think they need to be smart about it. They can't be giving away multiple first-round no. picks. Um, you know, I don't even know that I would be willing to give up this year's first-round pick. Maybe something a year or two down the road, fine. But I think, you know, I I just don't look at that team. Forget the quarterback part of it. I don't look at the rest of the roster and say, that's a contender. Sure. There's too many holes that need to be filled. That's that's why giving away first-round picks, I don't care about the later stuff, but some of these first-round picks, you know, they can be valuable. They can be used as other trade pieces, possibly to move up higher in the draft. McShay had his mock out today. He had the Bears trading up to 12 and taking Mac Jones from Alabama. Sure. I don't see that kind of a, a thing happening because I don't think Pace and Nagy have that kind of time. I think, I think that's why they're in the Wentz 
conversation is because they he's, wanna, a, they he's want a plug and play. Good veteran yeah. guy who he, can take over. That's a plug and play where you for throw sure. Wentz in there and you're the Bears. You can convince yourself we're a contender for the for the division. Right. And if things break our way, we have a chance to make the Super Bowl. If you I want, don't agree. If you want to get a guy like that, there's nothing to say that you can't grab a dude with that pick that's later or in the second round who is a, you know, kind of a um, on-the-bubble first-round guy but just slips and make him a project mm-hmm. and give him a year or two. Sure. And if you want to work with him, that's your guy because you get him from the ground up. That's different. I mean, you can have both of those things, mm-hmm. but I think you're right. I think the situation that they're in, they would if if they think they can win now, then you need a guy that can help them win now. Right? Don't do don't do what the Packers did. No, you know, oh, yeah, take guys use, that are for no. good three years down the road. And and I just I don't think we're going to see that. I think Nate Pace and Nagy. I think this is their this is it. I think this is shit or get off the pot time because I think the fans are going to force management if next year does not go well. Right. And I, I'm not saying they have to win the Super Bowl, but like you have to just be a better team. Right. They, they made they made the playoffs this year. Yay! They weren't very good. <laughs> they were only in there because they expanded it. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Um, Russell Wilson came out with some comments, and uh, my cousin Michael pointed this out to uh, me and brought up a really good point. One, he wants roster input, which you know I think somebody I think Milam asked me about that. You know, should Aaron Rodgers get roster inputs people are saying that and i i just said aaron Rodgers will have as much roster input on the packers as Favre had with ted thompson which you can tell him what you want doesn't mean anything you know and i don't know whether they're going to give wilson a little bit more um input that they actually take to heart than some of the other teams that's a slippery slope as far as i'm concerned um and then his also comments were he, I mean, he talked about the number of hits that he was taking and stuff like that. And, and Michael brought up a really good point. Like, it's cool for Russell to say that. Nobody really makes a big deal out of it. Imagine if a guy like Roger said that. He'd get crucified. True. Because they just love They'd to They'd say do... he threw his line under the bus. Right. Which but, is exactly what Wilson did. He threw his lineman under but, the bus. But nobody's accusing him of that. Sure. Because he seems to be a little bit more of a golden boy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the with, media likes it. Right, with some of the bigger dudes. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, th- I mean, I think you bring up a good point in the, in the notes here. I mean, is it the way that we're heading? I mean, you got a lot of this in the NBA now with some of the stars calling the shots. Yep. Whereas GMs are like, okay, what do you want us to do? Well, here's this guy, this guy, and this guy, and that's what I want. I mean... Baseball, you don't really have that, I don't think, to a degree. At least you don't hear. You about don't hear it. about it. No, I think GMs are basically the the dudes, and they and they. And they well, rely. there's just so many guys. Well, right, <laughs> you know, like okay, they don't how, have time to listen to. How that. do you know about this guy and this double A team that you think is going to be good? Right. You know, I mean, I know it's I, it's a massive club, but there's just there's just too much going on. Um, and now football. I mean, you have. Nobody else seems to want this except for a quarterback or a receiver because receivers are the divas of the league. Um, but quarterbacks, I mean, they see the team in front of them. These are the guys you are wanting me to work with to help win. Well, shouldn't I have some sort of an input? You can't just throw these guys and just say, go make it work. I get their point, but I also, like, your job is to go play on the field. My job is to build the team. So I think there needs to be a little separation there. Well, 
Uh, it's such a vague comment. What is what is I want more input mean? Do you want? Are you saying you want to sit in on the draft and and talk to the scouts about guys in college football, and you want to you want to ha- have input on guys you're picking in the fifth round, right. or are you talking about? Um, if you're Russell Wilson, you want to be able to go in there and tell the GM, listen, I think we need to trade for uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I, I need a little clarification Go there. get me the best left tackle right, in football. Right, I need a little clarification on that. The other thing is, okay, I I don't think you're necessarily, with some of these guys, a Rodgers, a Wilson, you know, a Brady, a Manning when he played, I don't think it's out of line to want. To oh, have a little input in that. Of but, course not. But my question is simple. If it doesn't work, are you going to share in the blame? When the, Are you going to stand up for the GM when his his uh, job is on the line? Well, I, I told him that we should do that, and it didn't work out, yeah. so that's my fault. Yeah. Are, if, you, are you going to do that? No, if, you're not. If we're short on cap space and we want to sign this guy to a two- or three-year deal, are you going to restructure your contract? Right. You're going to shrug your shoulders and go, well, I don't know. I'm not the GM. Right. You can't just bail. Either you're in on this all the way to do whatever it takes, or you're just going to put in a little email, here are my thoughts, and we'll just get to it if, well, if we want. And the problem is is it's such a slippery slope, and, right. and we're seeing it in the NBA where LeBron has been able to do this and do it successfully. He was able to to do it in Miami. Right, multiple teams. And win. Yep. He was able to do it in Cleveland, Cleveland and win, and now he's doing it with the Lakers, and he won. Kevin Durant kind of did it with Golden State, but like they were already champions before he even got there, and he's trying to do it again in Brooklyn. So like, there's not a lot of history of this working out well. I mean, Shaq and Kobe didn't have a ton of input on who the Lakers got. I mean, you know, Kobe basically gave an ultimatum of it's either me or Shaq, but that was at a point when the Lakers had to make a decision anyway. Michael Jordan didn't have input on the Bulls roster. Right. Larry Bird wasn't telling the Celtics who to sign. So, but that that seems to fall in line with the the generation that we are ushering well, in it is. of I guess my point is it remains to be seen if that works. Does a player being a slash GM does that work? Like, usually the coach GM thing doesn't work. Right. There's very, very few instances in sports where that works. Belichick's really about it. Um, other than LeBron, it really hasn't worked. So, I don't know. I mean, in football, and that's such a different animal. Right. Because is the quarterback going to tell you who what DNs to go get? That's what I mean. Linebackers? Like, as far as I Boy, know. I, I really have a hard time going up against this corner. Go right. get him. I mean, as far as I look at it and 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 hear about, the offense doesn't have a lot to do with interacting with the defense on a daily basis, right? Unless you're standing across the you know the line of scrimmage from them in a practice, it's like there's offensive guys that don't go over and hang out with defensive guys. Generally, you're with the dudes in your position group, and those are your buddies. Yeah, it's not like they're you know there's a a running back. A linebacker and the long and snapper, the kicker. right? And they're all hanging out. Right. That's usually not the way it goes. Sure. I mean, the quarterback can be buds with the wide receivers, the linemen, right? And linemen, there's a close relationship there. Um, but other than that, it's to my knowledge, it's generally only position groups as far as the circle of friends. So, how much does the quarterback really know about the 
uh, availability and the success rate of the defensive guys. And the cohesion and the camaraderie right. and the chemistry and all of the things that you build within your little framework of your group. You just look at the awards that they've accumulated and the stats they put up and you just go, go get that guy. Right. And the GM's like, well, okay, do you have anything else? The GM's like, he's 30 and he's got three years of guaranteed money. We're not going to do that. Right. And then the, well, I don't and, care about that. Right. That's what the owner's for. The quarterback is like, oh. Oh, yeah, I guess I, I just look. I didn't look at that. Yeah. Well, okay, well, if you do your diligence and you make a legit case, well, we'll listen to you. But that doesn't mean we're doing anything. Right. So, uh, Marty Schottenheimer died, I think, on Monday. Um, they put him in hospice. I think I read the story last week or the week before. Uh, Alzheimer's. He's diagnosed, what, 2014, I want to yeah, say? Yeah, a few years. But um, seemingly one of the most popular good guys to play for never got to a Super Bowl. Boy, I tell you, I one of the things I've started to like to do is <clears throat> whenever I hear mainstream reporters in sports say these things that they say on TV as like absolutes about things that happened in the past, I always like to go back and like kind of debunk them, at least in my own mind. Sure. And, you know, the, the, the Barkley never winning a ring thing is always the thing that's probably the most brought up about any great player. Marino, no Super Marino, Bowl. Marino, no Super Bowl. Same kind of thing. Well, Marty Schottenheimer's a coach, like you said, that never won a ring, never even got to a Super Bowl. So, But it's like I went and looked back at his coaching record. He was like 200 and 130 as a, in the regular season, like a 62% win percentage, which is very good. He won two out of every three games. That's very good. His playoff record was only 5-13. and 13. But I was kind of going back and looking. So he was the Browns coach, then the Chiefs coach, then the Charger coach. Mm-hmm. And he basically had two chances with each team. And you go back, the the two he loses with Cleveland back-to-back, 86-87, loses to Elway. The first one is is the drive, the 98-yard drive, one of the great games of all time. And then the next one, they're going to win the game, and Biner fumbles on the two. <laughs> I mean, it, it just just dumbass bad luck. There's a couple other games in there with the Chiefs. He loses to the Broncos. Again, Elway, I think one of the years, I think the year they beat the Packers, the Broncos were a wild card and went into number one KC and mm-hmm. beat them. And then he had in the when he was with the Chargers, he couldn't beat Brady. Nope. So it's one of those things. It's like with Barkley. You look at Barkley, and it's like, well, he couldn't beat Bird, he couldn't beat Isaiah, and he couldn't beat Jordan. Why are we killing him? It's the same thing with a guy like Marty Schottenheimer. It's like we couldn't beat Elway and he couldn't beat Brady. Who was beating Elway and Brady in the AFC? Nobody. Nobody. Not when those guys were doing their thing. So um sad sad to see him go. He was a heck of a coach. Um, those old Browns, those Browns Broncos games sometimes are on NFL Network are always kind of fun to watch. You know, it's sure it's a lot of ground and pound. Oh God, a lot back, of ground and pound. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, All right. Well, last football thing. Okay, your boy Mike Patton oh is now the new special assistant to the D coordinator for the Chicago Bears. I mean, have fun. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, well, what's he going to do? Is he going to come in and tell all the Fleur secrets? Like, come on. How much do you know about what LaFleur's doing anyway? I mean, it's it's probably extremely innocent. They probably just are like, look, this guy's a good coach. We they, we got a young D coordinator. He might need somebody to bounce stuff off. I would have Let's thought do it. he'd have been snapped up yeah. you know, within at it's, least it's, a couple weeks. It's probably more of that than what probably. we're saying. But, but, but in the Packer-Bear thing, it's just like, okay. All right, okay, so you're going to your chief division rival. Yeah. Okay, Adrian Amos. Okay, right. Julius Peppers. Exactly. You know, it's like that kind For of sure. thing. For sure, hundred percent. But I, 
whether that helps. I, I mean, I yeah, think who you're knows? right. Who knows? I mean, new D coordinator. You know, hey, can you give me some help here? For sure. You some, know, you know the division, right? You know, but you know what? Dude's got a job. Good for him. Yep. Good it'll, for him. I'm sure it'll be a one year thing. Right, you and know. then somebody will maybe snap him up as a coordinator somewhere right. else. Right, um, but they're going to kill that storyline. Oh, yeah, twice a year next year when when the two teams play. Well, the, this is the... I, I guarantee you they show the play at the end of the half of the NFC Championship game when they are talking about it. Oh, for like sure. former Packer D coordinator Mike Patton, they'll just show Kevin King getting roasted. <laughs> He made that call right. for the single cut one on one, and like, yeah. Um, I am curious, and I, I know you don't have, you know, really a care about this. The Packers hired a, a coordinator uh, as well, a D coordinator. They they kept in house after they offered the job to Jim Leonard, who turned it down. Yeah, but I wouldn't make too much out of that as a no, Packer me fan. neither. And I think you might have been gone for the game that we did. I think it was Saturday night. Me mm. and Bear talked about it, and he's 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 the Badger, the resident Badger nutball. Sure, sure. And he said, and I think he he might be on track here. Maybe Paul Christ is coach for another three years. Barry Alvarez retires. Chris takes his job. Leonard's the new coach. It's possible. If I mean, if if you hear that Leonard is offered the job, what are you doing at Wisconsin to say we don't want you to leave? What do you want? We'll make you the coach. How about that? Well, and then, okay, how long you got? Well, I mean, Barry Alvarez has said he wasn't going to do this forever. So, I mean, there's a there's a domino effect there that I think might be plausible, and now he stays in Madison because the dude's gotten college offers. The pros aren't for everybody, man. It's a lot, it's a lot, lot more than college. Yeah, but it just seems weird because the dude was a pretty good pro. That's what makes you. That's what I'm saying. He he understands what goes into those jobs, and that maybe that's not for he's, his young lifestyle. Maybe exactly, he's got young kids. Right. Maybe he's you know his wife. They're from Wisconsin. Maybe you know maybe his wife didn't want to have to deal with that lifestyle because she lived it when they were married or dating when he was a player. I right. mean, it's. It's a different animal than than sure. college. I mean, yeah, you got to do the recruiting and stuff, but for the most part, you're home at night. Yes. You oh, know? For, oh, for sure. Yes. So, all right, that's that's the only thing I wanted to bring up. Um Yeah, somebody else asked me about that this weekend and I was just like, yeah, I don't I don't think that's a big deal. I don't think a Packer fan should be oh, no. upset or offended by it. I'm I mean, not I at all. I think I just, the dude just probably looked at it and he's like, you know, maybe someday he does want to coach in the NFL, but not right now. The guy that they hired is notorious for being in charge of the Lions over season. Okay, I didn't know who he was when, when I saw his name. he was in charge of their defense. Oh, wow. And then he was with the Redskins when they were, I mean, their defenses on the two years and the two times that he was D coordinators were near the bottom of the barrel of the league. Well, but you, were, you also you were look the, at the personnel that they had. Well, and you were the D coordinator for the Lions the year they didn't win a game when Rod Marinelli was the coach, and he's a defensive coach who was really actually the D coordinator. So, okay. Yeah. I don't put any stock in that. I, I would just more look at it from the, you know, when somebody brought that up. Well, look at the personnel. I bet it was probably garbage. Patton was the head coach of some dog shit Brown teams. Did that matter the last two years when their defense was no. decent? Nope. No. So we'll see what that, I, I, you know, coordinators, I don't know. Um, let's move to the NBA. Bucks are playing tonight late uh, in Phoenix. You surprised that they uh, they got a win in Denver? Only their 10th all-time there. They're what now, 10-40 and 40 or something like I, that. I had a buddy that was a little... A little peeved at me. He had asked me earlier in the evening before that game. The spread was four. Bucks were four point uh, dogs, and I told him uh, take Denver. They never win in Denver. 
guaranteed they're not. And Drew Holiday's out. They're going to win, or they're, they're the Bucks are going to lose, and then they win and they cover and they hit the over as well. So he didn't win nothing. Sorry about that, Chris. But I did tell him stay away from the Phoenix game tonight because they have won like one time in Phoenix in the last thirty years. It's really? like one of those weird. They didn't win there. Paschke, I think, I think Paschke's first year with the Bucks was like eighty six. And I think when the I think the Bucks beat him two or three years ago out there, and it was the first time he had ever seen them win there. Really? Yeah. So it's just one of those weird, but they've weird had things. good teams, but they've had shit teams, and it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's just one of them things. That's really weird. But the Bucks have been hot. I mean, they've no, won. They've won five in a row. Trip. Yeah, they've won five in a row. Um, they're they're outscoring their opponents in this five game streak, like like one twenty eight to. 105. I mean, they're kicking the shit out of teams. Um, they've held everybody they've played in the last five under 110 other than Denver. Um, they beat Indy 130 to 110. The back-to-back at Cleveland, they won 123 to 105, 124 to 99, and then Denver 125-112. So offense isn't a problem right now. Mm-hmm. They're doing okay there. Um, the defense is starting to round into shape a little bit. Um They've made some changes in the rotation a little bit, and they've gotten a little bit healthier, uh, although now Drew Holiday has been diagnosed with COVID. Are we sure that's official now? Is well, that he's, a, he's at least out for, I think, uh, through the weekend. Because Middleton kind of said something that just inferred it without the team or yeah. anybody else confirming it. Yeah. Well, I, but he, that's the talk. That's the talk. Um, so they inserted Forbes in into, into the lineup for him, yep. and, and they kind of went – and allowed basically Middleton played point. Um, he had twenty nine, and, and he had twelve assists in a career high. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. was great. Um, but Forbes, I've, I've been saying all year long, I like Forbes with that starting unit because he's a dead eye three point shooter, and he really spaces the floor for Middleton and Giannis. It's a nice outlet to have for those guys when they're driving in. Um, so I would assume that for the next couple of games until Holiday's back, that will continue. Um, the bench is rounding into form a little bit. Like I said, Portis has played well. Um, Connaughton's kind of been the steady Connaughton. He is. He'll have three one night. He'll have 12 one night. That's just kind of how he rolls. Augustine has been a little disappointing. Um, he hasn't shot the ball nearly as well as I had hoped. The guy that's really helped them is getting back Tory Craig. He broke his nose like the first game of the season and had to have some nasal surgery and, and missed a couple of weeks. They got him to be their wing defender off the bench, and they really missed that when he was gone. Um, he's a good athlete. He can guard multiple positions. He's an okay three-point shooter. He's enough where you got to pay attention to him. Sure. But, um, you know, having him in the rotation now, you know, and when they get Holiday back, they're, they're at 10 guys, which is about the limit in the regular season, and they're probably going to have to figure out who to cut out of that in the next couple of months as you get closer to the playoffs, get that down to nine or maybe even eight. But... I like the way they've been playing. Um, you know, like I said, the defense has been better. They haven't been torched from three-point three, land right. like they were in that little stretch. Right, that's what we talked about last week. Yeah, so... Um, I didn't know until I watched a little bit of PTI on the front end when everybody, uh, you know, I mean, guys like Kornheiser like their NBA teams that have been around forever and right. have been good yep. and... You know, they focus on them even if they're bad because that's just who they pay attention to. They don't pay attention to anybody outside of L.A. 
or the, Oakland, the East Coast, right? Yeah, unless it's Northeast, in, right? In 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 those two cities, and and Wilbon asked Kornheiser today, "Are you finally going to take start to take the Jazz seriously?" I didn't realize they're the best team in basketball. Mm-hmm. I haven't been paying attention, but I guess for a for you know like a street fan like me who just kind of occasionally checks in on some stuff, you're not being thrown all this talk about Utah. You're hearing about those teams either out east or out west that are named L.A. and Golden State. You're not Salt Lake City. That's not coming up. But then you look at the record, you're like, why aren't we hearing more about that? Because they're good. Very, very good. I mean, Utah, Portland, Denver, they're kind of like the Bucks. They're, they're, they're not in major markets. Caught in they, that. They've got great, loyal, longtime fan bases. I mean... Oh, they talked about Utah in the third in the in, in the Jordan doc. I didn't know they were that that insane there. Oh yeah, they're nuts. A little, <laughs> a little, a little racist, but they're nuts. They're very rabid rabid fans. But yeah, Utah's good, man. I mean, they were really good last year. Um, they were up three to one in the playoffs in the bubble and and blew a three to one lead to um, I think it was Denver. And they, you know, Mike Conley had a wide open three in the in game seven to win it and, and sent him to the next round, and he just missed it. <laughs> So, you know, they if things broke better for them, they could have been in the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. So they got Conley. They got Donovan Mitchell, who's an emerging star. They got Gobert, who's one of the best defensive players in the league. And then they got some nice ancillary pieces around them. So, um, Is OKC anything to contend with this year? No. no I mean, they're, they're actually playing better than you would have thought, but they're... they're they're not a playoff team for okay. sure. So yeah, the Bucks got Phoenix tonight, Utah Friday, uh, OKC Sunday, all on the road. Uh, I think this was a five, yeah, or no, a six. This is a six-game road yes. trip, and then I think they come home for five. Okay, so that's kind of how the schedule is working out so far. But um, and then the last thing is, I just I, I would just urge people that watch the Bucks appreciate how good Chris Middleton is. Like he takes, he takes a lot of shit nationally from the people that like to tell you that he's not good enough for the Bucks to do anything. He's good enough. I mean, he is a one of the five or six best shooters in basketball. He's an excellent defender at his position, and every single year he's gotten better at ball handling, passing, and being a playmaker. I mean, he was making some passes the other night that I didn't really even know that he had in him, and it was pretty impressive. And he's had a great year. All of his numbers are up. His field goal attempts are down, and his usage rate is down, and every one of his stats is up. So it tells you how well he's been playing, how efficiently he's been playing, and it gives you a lot of hope that as you get later in the season into the playoffs when his field goal attempts and his usage start to go up a little bit, that that production will increase with it. I, I don't see any reason why it won't. He's like 28, 29 years old. He's he's in his prime. Um you know, everybody wanted the Bucks to make the finals the last two years. The, I always looked at this time period now, like like this year and the next two years, when Middleton's in his dead-ass prime and Giannis is getting to that point where he's really kind of mastered the game. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see that. We, we're not seeing it every night, but you see it in glimpses like the other night against Denver where, like, those two guys are just unbelievable together. They're unguardable. So... It's exciting. Right. I, I, you know, they're sixteen and eight. I don't think they lost their eighth game until like they like Great. their sixty fourth game or something last year. Um, but that's okay. This is a this is a long process for these guys, and 
you know, they're trending in the right direction. That's all you can ask for. All right, again, uh, 9 o'clock for uh, Phoenix tonight. Um, oh, I didn't even look ahead in the notes. You already, t- you already wanted to touch yeah. on, on Utah uh, when I brought that up. Um, the Nets, <laughs> I... <sighs> I don't know anything about Brooklyn other than the fact that they just pulled this trade off, and I know they are not going on the tear like everybody had just assumed. Like, they'd be unbeatable. These guys are going to be awesome. They're going to lead them to the promised land. Holy shit, this is going to be unreal. And we've seen none of that, really. And yet, at the same time, again, I don't hear the talk of, we're waiting, what's going on, guys? Why aren't you pulling this shit together? Is it going to take you some time to figure it out? But it's like you don't, you don't, I mean, you get all this hype, 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 and then when it doesn't live up to it, everybody just kind of turns their back and is like, I don't know. Mm -hmm." Well, I'll give them a break on a couple things. Number one, Durant has missed some time for COVID. They've had some guys in and out. Unfortunately, they lost Spencer Dinwiddie for the year, like the day after they made that trade who would have been a, a their their top bench guy. So their their bench is very thin. The lack of practice time has hurt them. Um you got a brand new coach, brand new system. You trade for Harden after, you know, a couple of games into the year. Kyrie took his sabbatical. Durant's been out like I said. Your Dinwiddie gets hurt. It's a lot. It's a lot. Now, they are one of the greatest offensive teams of all time. They have three dudes that really are pretty much unguardable. They're also one of the five worst defensive teams in the history of basketball. <laughs> they they give up over 120 points every game. No team has ever won anything in the NBA doing that. So whether that whether they can pull something like that like that off remains to be seen. Everybody keeps saying nationally, you know, they're going to make the, they're going to make a trade. I don't know where that is. I don't know who on their roster has the value to bring anything back that matters. Maybe they get one of these veteran buyout guys later in the year. Um, but I, I don't see them being able to beat the Lakers in a seven gamer. I'm not sure I see them beating the Bucks or Philly or Boston in a seven gamer. If they're just going to try to run up and down and score 130 a game. That's that's tough to just keep doing over and over and over, regardless of how good you are. Mm-hmm. Um, they they've what did I hear today? They're they're fourteen and twelve, and I think they're seven and eleven against sub five hundred teams. So, and Kyrie alluded a little bit to it last night with some of his dumbass comments that he likes to make, <laughs> where you know they they feel like they should be dominating everybody, and I think that's part of the reason why they're not. You know what I mean? Like they kind of feel like the whoever they're playing should kind of kind of kowtow to them a little sure. bit. Like, oh my God, we're playing Harden, Durant, and Kyrie. Oh my God, we're so lucky to be on the court. Or these guys are like, no, 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 we're you're gonna get everybody's best now. Right? You you get that right? Like this is not we're nobody's scared of you. Right? Guys. Everybody come in like holy half, shit. Half the league's looking at you, going, "Fuck this." <laughs> you guys got a goddamn all star team over here, really? Right. And you're complaining? Yeah. So, I don't know. There, I will not be shedding a tear for them. I uh, don't like Kyrie Irving. No. I don't like James Harden. I, I'm I'm kind of ambivalent with Duran. I don't dislike him, but I'm not a huge fan of him. Um, but, you know, it's funny. One of my buddies was asking me about the same thing, kind of what was wrong with him. And I'm like, look, James Harden's never played defense in his life. Right. 
Kyrie Irving played defense like for five minutes in Game Seven of the Finals the year they won it in Cleveland. Otherwise, he's never played it. Um, Steve Nash, who's the head coach, never played it. He was one of the worst defensive players ever, as great as he was. That's why him getting the MVP over a guy like Shaq was just laughable. Um, and Mike D'Antoni, the assistant coach, who was Nash's coach and who was also James Harden's coach, he's, he doesn't even know how to spell the word defense. Didn't Wasn't he in Phoenix yeah. for a long time? And They they were just a track meet. Right. I mean, I heard Raja even Bell. I knew that. Yeah, Raja Bell, one of their players, he's got a podcast, and he made the comment that in like the four years he played for D'Antoni, he doesn't think that they ever even practiced it. It's just all about offense. Right. So none of this should be surprising. It's just a matter of will this work. Right. Okay. So we'll see. Uh, Derek Rose traded to the Knicks. Um, Back with Tibbs. Yeah. Third uh, time. Yes. Yep. He played with them, obviously, in Chicago, then in Minnesota. Now he's in New York. Um, has had some good seasons with him. I mean, boy, did he like playing for him, or is this just one of those things No, I where... think they're pretty tight. I think okay. they're pretty tight. All right. Yeah. But, boy, man. Derrick Rose is 32. That's what I mean. Is he still? I, I, saw, I, I didn't even know he was still in the league when I saw the trade and it just said listed last name Rose, and I'm like, not Derrick Rose. Made me feel old. Because <laughs> I remember Derrick Rose at Memphis when yeah. he was 19 in the Final Four. I mean, whoo. Right. And then those first years when he was on the Bulls and just, I mean. He doesn't have, he's he's a solid player. He doesn't have a ton left athletically. I wouldn't think so. Um, you know, and, and they got a nice young point guard, Emmanuel Quickly, who's their future. So I think Rose is just, you know, he's a nice steady veteran guy to have, and, and he knows Thibodeau's system and expectations. And, you know, I mean, good for him. He he gets out of a bad situation with the, with the Pistons and goes to the Knicks and has a chance to maybe make the playoffs. Okay. Um, all-star game controversy is uh, going on just because well, it's play- kind of dumb. The players are saying no, they don't want it. The league's saying yes. They're trying to do all they can to you know manage it down, let the other players that, that aren't there going on a break while still being monitored, and uh, they're trying to compact it into the game and the skills competition. So, and everybody that's listening... Brace yourself. Shockingly, LeBron James needed to comment on it, and he doesn't like it. No. And that led to a slew of other All-Stars, including Giannis, saying they don't really want to go there either and play. Didn't he say something about, I guess we should just follow the big man or something like that? And I was like, that was kind of cute. But uh, I'm kind of with him. Um, I think... Announcing who made the All Star team is fine, right? Because a lot of those guys, that's there's contract uh, things that go along with making All Star teams. So I've, I think they absolutely should do that. And well, I think the fans like that. It's kind of like the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I think the fans you, like that. You you know you've earned this. I but... I don't know what taking the 24, 24 best players in the NBA and flying them all into Atlanta and <laughs> making them play a basketball game. If we're really Right. Worried about the health and safety stuff. I yep. don't know why that's a good idea. And that's really was was most of the, other than LeBron. LeBron was whining because he wanted the time off. Of course. But most of the other guys were, were more concerned about the health and safety stuff. Came out today. They're going to fly the guys in Saturday night. There's going to be no All-Star Saturday night this year. They're going to play the game on Sunday. At halftime of the game, they're talking about having a slam dunk contest. Which, if it's with the All-Stars, I'm in. If it's with these same four jabronis that are the 12th men on shitty teams, I don't care. 
But that's, that's uh, one thing that's been missing from the from the slam dunk contest, at least that I remember it as. But at the end of the day, it's about money. It's about TV. That's the, the network wants their game. They the paid a bunch thing, of money for it. The only thing I could think of when, that's why they're, when they're like, oh, you're going to talk about an All-Star game because you need cash. Because the city of Atlanta is not going to get – it's not like they're going to get the normal uh, tourism All-Star weekend boom, so they're not complaining about right. it. If there's going to be nobody there, then why – right. That good for Atlanta, you're hosting it. What do we get out of it? Not much. That's why it's always laughable when everybody pats these everybody pats these lead. They're so conscious. They're so oh, they're doing they're listening to their players. It's like it's they're money. doing whatever is profitable. It's money. They're doing whatever is going to make them money. That's all it is. Yes. All it is. Um Speaking of that. I don't know where you are on Mark Cuban. Um I kind of go back and forth with his stuff. I think he can be very well thought out in some instances, and then I can also think he's just a knee-jerk, you know, buck the trend and the system and whatever kind of guy to his own detriment. Um, he apparently, and I I didn't even know this until I, again, saw it on PTI today, they haven't been playing the anthem for something like 13 games. Right. And now that it's a big deal, the NBA has said, you will play the anthem because this is what's going to happen. And he's like, okay, fine, we'll play the anthem. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where this started. Well, he he made the unilateral decision that Dallas, the Mavericks, were not going to play the national anthem before a game because he said people in the community had voiced their concern over the song not relating to them. So he wanted their voice to be heard, which is like, what, like eight people? That's what I was going to say. How, how many was that? Like, you know, in, like, the, in, in the greater Dallas area. So apparently nobody noticed. Mostly because there's no fans there, so nobody really noticed until the other night. Like you said, a reporter mentioned it in an article, and it kind of blew up today. And originally, it had said that Cuban had talked to Silver about it and had gotten the okay. Really, I don't know if that was true or not because shortly after that, the NBA came out and said, "No, they will play it when fans are back in the stands. They have to play it. It's it's a league rule." Um, you know, if if somebody wants to change the rule, we can talk about it at the end of the year at the next collective bargaining, but it's the rule. Mm-hmm. And Cuban said, fine, he'll play it. He doesn't have a problem playing it. To me, I'm not... I'm not making a big deal about the anthem. I... If, if all sports did away with it, okay. Yep. Um, but, you know, trying to appease the lowest... Uh, common denominator of people, the small minority at the expense of everybody else, I think is kind of foolish. To me, it was a PR thing. Um, Cuban likes to go on CNN and these things and talk about this stuff. It gives him a platform. And it also really looks good with the players and their agents. And Dallas struck out on Giannis last year. And Dallas, when they had Dirk, was never a, a free agent destination. As much as Everybody raves about Cuban and how first class the Mavs organization is and how well they treat their players. Dallas was never a place that guys were flocking to go. And these guys want to win. And I think that was a little bit of, hey, I, I'm I'm on your side, guys. Come play for me. I don't put that past him at all. So he seems like the kind of guy that would do that. I'm I go back to something you just said, and I, it's funny you bring that up because I just had this conversation, and it was nothing to do with the anthem, but it, I think it was something having to do with the news or maybe something else in sports. 
but what you say rings true is that we are now so hell-bent on paying attention to these few stragglers that have a differing opinion over a vast majority. And they're entitled to their opinion. If they, of if they, they don't are. like the song and they don't want to they don't want to take their hat off and stand for it and they they want to kneel, God bless you do what you want. But it but, seems like we're catering now yeah. and reworking everything so that they can be satisfied even if it upsets the apple cart, which is the giant majority. And case in point, what we were talking about in our high school game last night. And just to rope this in and maybe put a bow on this, we were going to have a high school game on Friday until a team that hadn't played for a majority of the season who had only played two games up until the point where they got seeded said, we can't play. We need the approval of the other four coaches in this region so we can play earlier. On a different day, right. On a different day. And all the coaches said, yeah, okay, sure, even though that went into direct conflict with some of the stuff that we wanted to do. but Well, really, it went into direct conflict with, with some of the of other teams in their own city. Right. Yeah. Which they didn't take into account. Nope. They were just quick to appease these, this team and this coach. Just say it, it's Sun Prairie. Right. It's fucking Sun Prairie. And, and, and you and it's I said on, you and I said on the broadcast, they are so not in need of any favors or any breaks. No, no. But – they had a situation that they wanted to get away from, which I think you called, and I haven't I haven't really done any research on that. The boys probably play the night, so mm-hmm. we don't want to. So their conflict supersedes everybody else's conflict. Which creates a conflict because the one of the other Janesville, two other Janesville boys teams play. Right. We're fine to deal with that if we can take the load off of you. Mm-hmm. Well, who makes that decision? And why? Why are you putting it on us so we can satisfy somebody who needs special treatment? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I should clarify my comments. Special treatments for certain circumstances are warranted. They didn't need that. No. They wanted it. Right. That's all it is. And I, I think that this is kind of one of those situations which we're kind of dealing with in a lot of different facets in society. You've just get got this little vocal like, we need different stuff. And Look. everybody's like. For, 99% of the people are fine with the way it is. For all the people that want to get rid of something like the National Anthem, just remember, you're not going to have little kids singing the anthem before the game. You're, the, the, the church choirs, the musicians, the service, the service people, the bands, um, all of those people are not going to be able to do something that they love to do and, and maybe is their dream to do. We're not going to have moments like Marvin Gaye singing the anthem at the like the '83 All Star Game, Whitney, Whitney Houston, Houston at Super Bowl twenty five. Hey, if you guys are all cool with that, fine, fine. But you can explain why. Later. And, and and for the people, and I was having a discussion with John Barry on Twitter about it, and he was making the comment of it's Cuban's team in his arena; he should be able to do what he wants. Well, think of it like you, if you live in a covenant and you want to put a fence up. You can't just put the fence up. You have to actually read the contract of your covenant that says whether or not you can put the fence up. Mm-hmm. You might have to get the approval of your neighbors. The NBA is the same way. Yes. Yeah, it's your arena and yeah, it's your team. But you're in, but the, league. You're in the league. Yeah. Yep. And the rule in the league says this. If you don't like the rule, change the rule. But right now, that's the rule. But you're going to need they, the support of everybody the, else the, the to rule, change the rule. I believe the rule was prior you had to stand for the anthem. Now they, that's they changed not, it. Yes. Yep. Fine. But you got to change the rule. 
All right, let's move to uh, yeah. We can buzz through this college hoops. That's fine. Um, Badgers are playing uh, tonight. They <laughs> here we are. They moved the game up because Nebraska was on pause, and now they need to play five games in nine days. So okay, we're fine. We'll take a, a one less day of practice to play. And I think at this point in the season, it's probably not a big deal. No, it's not. But still, there you are. Like, hey, we need this. Okay. We'll we'll acquiesce to your demands, right? <laughs> right. So we we now we're right back to what we were just talking about. But um, they split last week, didn't play very well in Champaign. Um, they won against Penn State. They got Nebraska tonight, who I didn't realize has lost twenty three straight Big Ten games. Yeah, they suck. Is Hoiberg not a good coach, or does he not have his guys? Nebraska. What's the, I mean, I get it. Yeah, I mean, they've never does been he, any good. Does he not have any star power or uh, well, the talent to get guys yeah, there? I mean, the talent base is is not deep in Nebraska. I mean, you got to go out of state to recruit guys, well, and it's hard to recruit guys to go to what is it? Omaha is that Lincoln? Where, Lincoln yeah. I mean, what the hell? Look at their football team; it's the same thing, right? You know, uh, they got Michigan on Sunday, who they will beat. What? Oh, yeah, they'll beat Michigan on Sunday. Why? Those are the kind of games that the Badgers always win, a home Sunday game against a ranked opponent, and Michigan hasn't played in like three weeks. So, yeah, they're going to win that game. Okay. Mark All it right. down. All right. Uh, and you pointed out the other the other night when we were just kind of BSing. I mean, 500 balls since that that, that, that Michigan State win mm-hmm. on, on Christmas. Yeah. Um, but bracketology, I mean, in the AP, they've dropped what? They're down to 21. Six straight weeks, mm-hmm. they've they've dropped a couple of spots. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't know what. I, I would hope that it would be a victory tonight. It would be kind of embarrassing to not get a win. Um, how's Marquette doing? Well, they continue to suck. Um, they're 9-10, and 5-8 and eight in the Big East. They're in eighth place right now. Um, they beat Butler last week when we were finishing up recording this. They won by three. Uh, they'd lost to Creighton this weekend by three at home. I, I don't know. They've had two really good games with a, a pretty good Creighton team, one that they won and one that they lost. Um, so I don't know what that's all about. They, they're they at Villanova tonight. That'll be a slaughter. And then they're at Seton Hall on Sunday. Yeah. So, I mean, they're pretty much just playing out the string at this point. I mean, maybe you get lucky and make a little bit of a run in the Big East tournament and you get yourself into an NIT, but this team's going to be lucky to be around 500. Okay. Five of their final six games starting tonight are on the road, so okay. it's going to be tough for them. Big Ten tournament's going to be held now in Indianapolis right ahead of March Madness. I think they're doing that mostly for safety stuff as far as bracketology. I mean, nine Big Ten teams in mm-hmm. there, and they've got two one seeds. Yeah, Michigan and Ohio State right now. Ohio State's been really hot. I heard... Uh, I heard Matt LePay the other day on the radio say him and Lucas were talking off air, and Lucas was pretty adamant that they're the best team in the league. Really? So, okay, yeah, it's a little surprising to see those two teams as ones, but you know, they, they've—it's it, just been a weird ass year for sure. I mean, you got only five Big East teams, and then what about the Blue Bloods that you're not seeing the normal dominance? Well, yeah, Kansas dropped out of the top twenty-five for like the first time in like six or eight years. They're right now a six seed. In bracketology, North Carolina's a ten seed, and Duke and Kentucky aren't even in it. What? They're not even in the tournament if it were to start right now, according to bracketology. I mean, I think Duke's seven and eight, seven and seven, wow, something like that. I don't think Kentucky's five hundred. People are going to look at this and like, okay, we're going to write in our normal, customary. Where are these teams? Yeah. They're not there because they're just no. Good. You got Baylor, Gonzaga, right? You know, Ohio State. Um, so it's okay. it's a little different. 
All right, uh, let's move to uh, baseball quick. We're past the, uh, the the one hour mark. Jordan Zimmerman. I mean, the dude's going to be what? What did I see? Thirty four. Thirty four in uh, in late May. Um, he had injury problems last year. The year before that, he was what did I read? Like one and thirteen or something like that. I mean, the dude's on the decline. He said, "If if I ha- felt that I had nothing left, I'd retire." He says he's got stuff left. I don't know. Is it, I mean, UW is some prairie guy. Um, I mean, he's he's a Wisconsin dude. Cool story. Uh, he, I don't think you're going to add anything. Cousins with my friend. Really? Yeah, he's uh, Scott Vanderheide's cousin. No way. It's, it's distant, but okay, but, but it's, still, a, they're, it's there. they're cousins. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of reclamation project with the Brewers I can get behind. Right. A guy that has been good was a two-time All Star. Um, is at that age where, yeah, you're kind of on that tipping point. You, you you either could turn it around and have another year or two, maybe three in your career where you're you're a contributor or you're probably going to get cut and, right. you're, and you're done. Um, if he makes the team and if J.P. Fire Eisen makes the team, they will have two guys from UW-Stevens Point on the, on the uh, major cool. league roster, which would be pretty crazy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Trevor Bauer signs with the Dodgers. I mean, really? The the rich <laughs> no, get richer. I know that's and it, and 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 the immediate thing was like, oh, after all this stuff that the Padres have done yeah. to try and catch up and try and compete, and you're like, you're feeling like, okay, we got this, and then it's like, oh my god, are you kidding me? I mean, you go into a five game series against them, and you're the third starter on the road you're facing is Kershaw. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I mean, and they're way over the luxury tax. Oh yeah, they don't care. No, they print. They print money. The, the, we win the World Series. Great. I, I looked, it cost us. Okay. I looked at the MVP odds. The two top guys are Dodgers, Spellinger and Betts. I mean, it's just not fair. Wow. Um, VR goes to the yeah. Mets. I did, forgot about him. I I, I didn't, I didn't either. know who he was on last year, but yeah, no. he signed a one year deal with the Mets. All right, good for him. Your boy. Your boy's back in St. Louis. This is an 18th season. Did yeah, I, did I, I see so. something like that? Something like He's that. He's the third longest tenured Cardinal as far as amount of games. Wow. Um, Probably I like him, Musial, and okay, somebody. There, there's one. You got the other. Red um, Shandiest? Nope. One of my one of the coworkers guessed Wainwright, but he was looking at years and not games. Yeah, I'm thinking it's got to be a position player. It's an old school. I'm not sure if he's in the Hall of Fame or not. If he's not, he's Rogers prob- Horns? No. Nope. No. I don't know. Lou Brock. Lou Brock. Okay, good yep. one. Good so, one. Yeah, he's so a Hall of Famer. Third, third most games played for St. Louis is Molina. I think it's like eight or nine million, whatever. You just can't get rid of the fucker. No. He's like a bad rash. Seriously. Yep. So hopefully he'll catch, catch some, you know, uh, balls in the dirt right to the balls. And yeah. that will be at least be entertaining. I'm sure there will be some arguments and ejections and stuff that will generally make me feel good. But then when he shows up and he murders the Brewers. He'll hit a double in the eighth to put oh, him up. My God. Yeah. Drives me nuts. Um, and then there was a report today. Well, f- first of all, they there's no expanded playoffs. There's no universal DH. But they're doing the the funky stuff mm-hmm. with the seven-inning doubleheaders and the runner on second to start extra innings. Yeah. Which I guess I don't mind. I mean, they're. It, Why are we doing this though? Because they don't want the games to go on forever. That's well, all then it is. Speed the damn game they, up. They've tried that. They're they're doing everything they can to do that. Yeah. This is just one of those next things. 
I don't know. For me, I think they should just play with ghost runners. Fuck it. Just go straight Sandlot. Right? Guy over there. Pick your best three guys. Yep. And if they're if the bases are loaded, then the guy on third comes back to home, and you got to force the force the ghost runner in. There you go. Fine, <laughs> it's okay. Sign me up. Um, but yeah, and then I read something about a lab coming out with some report that they're going to deaden the baseballs. So anything that's hit, as they say, hit over three hundred seventy-five feet will travel a foot or two less. And now, apparently, also in that same article I read that I think 10 stadiums are now going to have humidors, Mm -hmm. which is the only place you heard about that was in Colorado. Right. Well, I think last year seven had them. Okay. So a couple more added. It didn't say who. All right. And I'm not sure if the Brewers are one of the 10. I don't know. I mean, that ball, I mean, you don't need it in a place like San Diego. It's a pitcher's park. Right. The ball's not going to leave anyway. So I'm wondering if they're just going to be in some of these hitters parks that this is now going to be a thing, which I would think Milwaukee would probably be on yeah, that qualify, list right. if, if that's what it was. But this does, I mean, they're, they're still going to find ways to hit the home runs. Well, and and I, I was watching PTI yesterday, and Wilbon was talking about this, and I really I agree with him a lot. You know, the, the deadening, the quote-unquote deadening of the baseball, mm-hmm. which is what the article called it, um, I don't think it's so much that people are hitting too many home runs per se. It's that that's all anybody's doing. You know, this baseball has become really a pretty boring sport to watch because it's become all or nothing. It's my big fear with, with the way that basketball is going with the three pointer, right? Where it's like it it doesn't become very special anymore because you see it all the time. Right. Like baseball was at its best and at its most popular. When there was a lot of action in the game, you had bunting, you had hit and runs, you had double steals. steals yep. You know, you were trying to send guys from first to third. And and look, I get the analytic side to to the argument where they say, well, bunting's not an efficient way to 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 waste an out on. Well, yeah, but if your guy just goes up there and strikes out, and he's st- standing at the guy's stranded at first base anyway, what's the difference? When you had a home run when you attended a game, it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember going to White Sox games with my grandpa and uncle and my dad back in the day, and there would be maybe only one, maybe two home runs. Now there's typically three, four, five, maybe more. Yeah. And and, and like you said, they're, they're coming from every position. It doesn't matter if you right. if, if if you're a if you're normally in the three four five spot when normally you have a little bit more power. I mean, you've got leadoff guys going deep. You got guys in the bottom of the order going deep. Like it, dude. When, any position in the lineup now can hit a bomb. When we were kids, Jim Gantner went like three years and didn't hit a homer. Right. And he started every day. The second baseman, your second baseman in shortstop, Omar Vizquel never hit more than like eight homers in a season. Ozzie Smith didn't hit home runs. Now those guys, they, you'd be trying to get them to swing for the fences right. instead of trying to hit three ten. But that's what everybody wants to do. Yeah. Well, it's not. So. It's not entertaining, and I think it's been proven out with with kind of the decline of baseball into the third most popular sport in this country when it used to be first. And I know baseball people would probably argue with you that the home run is still exciting, but it's like eh, not not that much. It's just not like you said about the three point. It's not as specialized anymore. No. You know, like, where, like where when Yelich like, hits, that guy's the three point shooter. Watch him. He can do that. Well, now you've got four or five guys on the roster who can spot up. Like, these guys will hit. Yelich will hit a pop-up into right field, and it'll land in the beer pen. Yes. And it's like, really? 
Right. That was like 360 feet. That was a routine fly ball. Like, yeah. Like, he, he didn't like, hit a bomb. No, he shouldn't get a homer out of that. Right. Like, yep. if you if you want to get excited when he's, when he's you know, dotting the I in his name on the scoreboard, right. I get it. Yep. But some of these wall scrapers now and pop-ups that these guys hit, that it's just not that fun to watch. The fence. No, I, I totally agree with you. And then uh, Braun came out yep. with some comments basically saying, you know, he put to rest the speculation that he's going to show up for spring training. Says he has no, yeah, says he has no desire to play at this nope. time. Mm-mm. Enjoying I, life with his family. I still say if the Brewers are in contention and in need of a bat after the All-Star break, I wouldn't rule it out. They, they, they call him. He goes down. And... He says he's still staying in shape and working out. Mm-hmm. You know, give him an extra three or four months to heal up. You know the 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 COVID world might be completely different. I mean, right. the guys guys got little kids at home, um, so I I don't think the door's completely shut. I hope for my own selfish fan <laughs> sake that he comes back and finishes the year, and we as fans are able to give him a, a proper send off at Miller Park because even the people that want to throw the steroid thing up in his face as as a taint on him, which is fine. Um, the dude's been a brewer for like 14 years. He's mm-hmm. probably the third greatest brewer of all time. His number's going to be retired, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he deserves the you know the acknowledgement of the fans. And I think a lot of fans would like to give it to him too. I, I so, would probably agree with that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, you got anything on the uh, Janesville Craig Hoops Classics YouTube channel? Yep. Uh, okay. I put up a game this afternoon. Well, earlier this evening. Okay. Um, it's a terrible game. It is That's uh, a good way to sell yeah, it. It's uh it's a Craig Parker game from my senior year. Um it's a slaughter. <laughs> I think we win by about forty. Oh my god. Um I think we're 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 up like twenty five or thirty at half. We come out and score like the first ten points of the second half in the first minute and a half of the third quarter. And you don't see us the rest of the game. So me, the it's starters, one of those that you talked it's, yeah, about it's where one of those you, 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 couple you minutes into the third so quarter, the it's, it's right. over. Okay. Um, and then the game after that I'll be putting up is uh, a game at Madison East. I'll put that one up on Friday. Uh, the Parker game is is a TV game, so there will be some bad commentary. Yes. And the East game is, is I think it's the last game tape. Okay. And then the the rest of them going forward will be. Do you feel games. like you and I could have done that TV? So, oh my god, so well, dude! I think I would be better doing TV than than radio because radio there's less time to get stuff in and it's harder to describe on the fly. Right? No, that's true. You know, if I'm trying to explain a, a play or a set that a team's running, it's like I got to spit it out. Right. And it's you know it's hard to be that descriptive. Well, and I think maybe, I mean, if you called a lot of games like you guys played back in the day. You wouldn't have time to do anything. No. Because you guys were up and down the floor in a flash. Yeah. So, I mean, we have time now, even though we might miss an offensive set at the other end while we're still talking about stuff. You, I mean, you would get something out, and your team would have the ball back. Yeah. The other team would already have missed a shot or made a shot, and you guys would be up the floor to do something else. Well, there is a young Mike Miller sighting. There is a young Brent Corey sighting. Okay. Um, a beardless, baby-faced Tyg Szynski sighting oh, wow. on the Parker team. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's a pretty bad game. Um, but, you know, for people that are watching it, you get to see some probably pretty familiar faces because, you know, they're guys our age, and yep. most of the people that listen to this are our age. So hopefully they get a kick out of that. Right. And, uh, so, yeah, I think next week's the last week I got of some games dropping. I might have one more after that. 
Um, there's one game I'm not going to put up. I just because I'd have to watch it, and I've never watched it, and I won't watch it. So, do you want to say do not no? Well, it's the it's my last game. It's oh. the sectional final that we lost. Right. I've never. I mean, twenty two years later, I've I've never watched the game. So, you just don't want to relive that moment. No, I pretty much don't remember anything about it either. Like the last two games of my high school career, I really don't remember hardly anything. Really, and I remember most. Of the important oh, stuff. The shit that you can spit out is unbelievable as far as remembering I have, stuff. I have good recall on that. But for whatever reason, you know, those two games just are kind of a... I don't know if I blocked it out or what. It's, Shrink would I have mean, a field day with I, that stuff. I, I do remember <laughs> Coach Suter. It was the maddest I've ever seen him was in our sectional final game. We played Case over there. And our student section was across from us, mm-hmm. our bench... Their student section was behind our bench, and it was so loud, we couldn't even hear him in the huddle. We couldn't even hear Coach in the huddle. Really? We had to take our chairs out to the lane sure, in the middle of the court to get our instruction. And, like, they were doing some shit, too. Like, they were sure. saying some things and, and throwing some things at, at our bench, and it was pretty ridiculous. Can't do that. It was the maddest I've ever seen Coach Suter. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So All right, so that's but a game that you will not see. You will not be seeing All that right. game, folks. Okay. So check that out at uh, Janesville Craig Hoops Classics. You can uh, find that on YouTube, and I'm sure um, you can uh, share that, make some comments or whatever, or just hit up uh, Dan on Twitter uh, about about some of the cool stuff that he's done. So um, I don't know whether we're going to do an episode next week. I think maybe like uh, uh, just as spring training gets going, we might take a one-week break. We're into the last throws of basketball yeah. season. This is the second week where we're going to have in a row that's five games. We're in playoffs now for girls. We'll have playoffs for boys and maybe still girls for next week. But um, I need to be at home at that's least. That's fine. I'm <laughs> done with that. Sometimes. Well, saying that, then I'll just say that the next week uh, I will be dropping the much-asked-about game against Madison West. Okay. And then uh, I have uh, a tournament game after that against Beloit. Okay. So those will be next right. week. Well, maybe but... in, in place of this, we can all go on and share a link to uh, Janesville Craig Hoops Classics uh, on YouTube. All right. Well, for no, f- not really much football, we got a lot out of this. Um, yeah. That is the intentional foul. It was kind of nice and relaxing, wasn't it? it Nothing it, to get too fired up it about. It really was. No, no. not really. Just I don't shoot have the a, shit a little bit. I don't have a working title for the episode, so I might have to. I'm gonna have to go back and find. Got something. my got my Braun autographed graded rookie yeah, today in the good. mail. Looks good. Looks good. Pretty sweet. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. If you're still with us, downloading, subscribing, we appreciate it. And of course, tell your friends. So we're gonna be off for a week. We'll be back in a couple. And until then, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you next time. Go Bucks.